doing your own Kickstarter, remembering Star Trek card games, and planning battles in space. And Peter Willington from the Staying In podcast. This is We're Not Wizards. I've turned up with my uh, my tin can on a piece of string, and uh, I'm just going to shout into that. Did that work? Didn't did it? Was that real? No. Like when could you, if you if you got a tin can you put? Yeah, I think tin. it was. I think was it was real? the basis. Yeah, yeah. I think that actually did work. I think that's why people did it because nowadays, and if you go to um, <clears throat> if you go to parks with kids play equipment, there is basically big metal tubes that. They'll run from one side of the playground to the other, mm. and they'll they'll come out and they'll end up like a flower. And then what you can do is there's a little grill over the top of them to stop the little darlings kind of spitting down them and doing yeah. whatever they want and getting the rain in and getting insects in. And what you can do is one of you will stand at one side of the tube and the other one will stand at the other side of the tube, and then you can have a conversation as the sound vibrates along the metal tube. Wow. And I'm assuming it's the same kind of principle. I'm, I'm assuming. assuming it's got to be the same thing. Is it kind of like along one of those urban myth things that's just grown, so you can actually do it as long as the string is taut, you can actually hear each other because it's... Cause isn't that that whole thing about sound travelling better through more of a solid matter than it does actually through the air you've, kind you've, of thing? You've, Richard, you've, you've, you've gone to science now. I don't... <laughs> I, do, I, I don't know. I don't... I mean, I, I was with you with vibrating through a metal okay, tube. I just, you know, it's just, you know, that's why you can't hear anything in a vacuum. Because there's nothing for the particles to rub together. Oh, DL. There you Look go. At this. Look at this. This is like... I didn't know you had... Do you have like some sort of yeah, PhD or something? No, I went to um, I went to university and uh, learned about it because I used to fall asleep on the desk and then the lecturer used to come up and bang the side of the desk to try and wake me up and that was that was how that kicked off, which Practical is good. Practical learning. Practical which is learning. good. Yeah, that's good. I am. Um, I would normally, you know, there's normally some kind of structure to this, but I'm quite happy just to let it flow. You, you, like you. I do. I do editing, a little yeah. bit of editing, but I don't do an awful lot of editing because I don't like to edit the essence of the conversation. But that's also because I'm very, very slightly lazy. But exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you edit stuff, then then why would you? You know, you wouldn't end up with the gold. Of no. two grown men not knowing how sound works. <laughs> you know, that's... I I think this is good. I, I, you know, normally what we would do is I would go, you know, I would just say hello and welcome to We're Not Wizards. And this is a special edition. It's a Friends of the Show edition. Um, and I think we shall call this from from zero, zero, zero to hero, hero, hero. <laughs> oh... <laughs> I Good. had to, you know, that's that's the way we're going to roll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the reason 
that we're doing this. And, and the reason that there's been a bit of rambling at the beginning is there is a there's a rather love. Let me tell you a story. Sit, sit back, put All your right. dice to one side. I've got, I've got my tea on. Yeah. You know, on. there is a, a lovely warm podcast by the name of the Staying In podcast. Oh, yeah. And if, you know, every couple of weeks, um, three or four or potentially even five people gather around and have a conversation. And I, I enjoy this show. I, I listen to it regularly. And, um, you know, up until recently, I, I felt that they, in some ways, kind of like me. But one, well. but we had, a while ago, we had uh, Sam Turner came onto the show, and he talked yep. cardboard, and he talked Dice Masters, and he did all these wonderful things. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the other wonderful members of the, sh- uh, the show, uh, Mr. Peter Willington, mm-hmm. Hi. joins us this evening. Hello. Um, Hello. And this is this. Say hello, Peter. Hi. Hello. Yes. You've already kind of said hello because you've already we all kind of already I'm, started mid conversation yeah, about science, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> the reason that we do this is because there are quite simply not enough podcasts out there about board games. Mm. And I've checked. Um, <laughs> I've, I've done an audit. I mean, I've. I mean, iTunes search engine is just the worst. Yep. And the other reason that we do this is because I am planning on slowly collecting all of the members of the Staying In podcast. <laughs> Ooh, okay, yeah. That's good. Like like some sort of like CCG. I suppose it's more like an LCG, isn't it, really? Yeah, like, pretty there's much. a certain number of us. Pretty much. You've, you've all been assigned like your kind of your, your mana value. Right. Your attack value. Yeah. You're also, um, whether you come in with haste or not, I think obviously... <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 I would so, say I would say Chris Chris starts with haste. I was going to say uh, that. <laughs> Sam comes in tapped. Yeah. Um. I think I, I I'm basically um. Mm, I don't know. I would say I'm like an instant because I quite like interrupting people. Yes. And Dan. Hmm. Hmm. What would you say Dan is? Um. I would say Dan is a fine, upstanding member of the community. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I'm, I'm sure that it doesn't matter what kind of card he was, he would be on the winning team. Just it, sounds like, it sounds like you're on the back foot here, Richard. Is, it, is there a reason for this? No, okay. <laughs> this is gonna t- this is turning into like a trilogy of episodes, which all started like on the last mm. show that me and Colin did, mm. and I accidentally mm. forgot to say Dan's name. I got all the way through, and then. <laughs> And then, do you know what happened? As we were talking on the episode, I went, I know I've forgotten his name. So I scrambled about in my podcast player and I went through about five episodes trying to read the text. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, that oh. was, uh, well, we, we, we got the, we did get the lawyers involved um, and yeah. they've advised us to not pursue damages, although Dan was absolutely heartbroken by the whole thing. Yeah, I know he was, um, which is, but we were then went on and we dedicated an entire episode because yes. of the, fa- the wonderful, um, our one wonderful ex-friend of the show, Nick Jones, said, oh, I think the only way to get through this is if you admit you're a wizard. Mm. So I did a la- an entire episode basically saying I was a wizard. Mm-hmm. Because yes. Dan did say it was the only way that was going to appease him and maybe potentially dry his tears, and it was a groundbreaking episode. It, it, do you know what? <laughs> do 
for as long as we've been doing the show and our and our adamant stance about not liking wizards, the one where I actually turn around and say I'm a wizard, the the, the download numbers are through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting like Matt Lee's and Quinn from Shut Up and Sit Down going, go and not do another episode like that. You creamed us. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> so that was fantastic, but. <laughs> That is not the reason why you are here tonight, because it's almost like I've invited you around for dinner, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just talking about mm. Dan and Chris and that's stuff all right. like that. It's not they're, fair. They're more interesting than I am. <laughs> that's not true at all, because um, staying in generally when you are on, it's you like you love your retro games. Mm-hmm. You seem to play an awful lot of board games, so. What the idea of coming on tonight was maybe to find out a little bit more about the background because you've not only played them, you've made them as well. You were oh, involved in one, weren't gosh. you? Gosh, yeah. Um, yes, I am. So um, I, yeah, I do play a, a fair chunk of board games and card games. And so my, as you say, my the podcast that I'm on is, is staying in, but my yeah. my day job uh, is uh, I shouldn't really call it a day job. Because that sort of denigrates it, doesn't it? It's like, oh, my day job is this. Um, my 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 day job, uh, my wonderful day job that I get to go to every single uh, uh, Monday through Friday, um, is I work as a producer for a company called Auroc Digital, and we're like a game studio. And uh, yeah, we we've done lots of video games in the past, and we've recently been doing uh, physical games. So we did the game that I think you're talking about is a game called Elections of U.S. America Election, Elections. the card game. Yes. Yes, um, which was a game based on the US elections, which, can I just say, hmm. so that game came out, like we were developing that game about six to nine months before the uh, actual proper US elections finished. Yeah. Um, and we got the wonderful uh, candidate that we ended up with. Um, and we actually made that game as a as a parody. We had, There's a card in the set. The, the, the entire <laughs> idea about the game is you're trying to... Um, you're you're essentially running a campaign. You're not necessarily you're not necessarily the presidential candidate. You're running no. a campaign for them. So you might pick uh, Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders or I don't know someone who's not nice. Um, and then <laughs> basically you would uh, try and run that campaign. You would try and slander your opponents. You would try and get as many votes as you could. Yes. Um, and uh, we put a card in. A little special card. We ran this on Kickstarter. It was, it was very good and it, it did quite well. Um, and um, that we put a card in that's, that was a special card that you could only put into the deck that you draw from if President Trump was... If, if Sorry, if Candidate Trump was being played. And if Candidate Trump won, you would play this card and it was basically just nuclear apocalypse. It, like, <laughs> like, that was it. Like, you won the game, and but unfortunately, like, you know, Trump won, but everyone lost. Um, yeah. So... Uh, and so we were like, ha, 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 won't that be funny? And we added in other like other characters like Cthulhu because we were like, well, you know, they, they, you know, you want to have two great evils in <laughs> the deck, definitely. And so, um, you know, oh and all this goodness. sort of stuff. And and we thought, oh, that'd be really good. And then the game comes out, and we're like, yeah, this is great. And then the elections happened, and Trump gets through, and we are now sort of sat there going, oh, oh. Like what's turned from like a fun, exciting, and it is a, a you know a fun, humorous, very uh, tongue-in-cheek uh, yeah. game that, that we did with a, a, a political snark site called Wonket. Um, it is fun, but like I now look at the box and it's on my shelf, and I just look at it and I go, oh, I, w- I want this to be like the Jumanji game, 
<laughs> so that I can play it again and maybe get someone not not maybe I don't know maybe I could get Neil Arthurtep into into power rather than uh, rather than Trump. Um, that's terrible, isn't it? That's very that's very much playing my cards, isn't it? Like it's very much like <laughs> hello, I'm a limp wristed left winger. <laughs> like um, so uh, yes, it, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I you know it's um, I've I've got a copy. Um, <laughs> have you really? Oh, thank you ever so much for supporting us. That's lovely. I didn't know that. No, yeah, um, yeah. It's um, and it's good and it's good fun. But it is one of these things. Do you know what it's like? It's like trying to watch um, any satirical political show nowadays. Yeah. Because <laughs> you sit there and you go, mm, I don't think I I'd, I'd hate to be a kind of anybody trying to write any kind of political yeah. satire. At the moment, because you yeah. just go, oh, don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. you know, I was writing this stuff, you know, ten years ago, and now um, there's nothing. Uh, there's the tank is empty, you know. Mm. And that was it. His name, uh, Amando Iannucci, must be just yeah. sitting there going. I think it is time I started to take up oil painting because there's nothing else really I can write about any subject <laughs> at all that people aren't going to say. No, that was on the news last night, uh, man. Yeah, no, it really is. It really is. Um... I think, yeah, I, I kind of think that politics has become the Simpsons did it uh, <laughs> of, you know, of, of sort of, um, I don't know, sort of social systems. It's like, it's like you just think, oh, well, that that could never happen. And then the, the day afterwards, obviously, it happens. Um, but there we are. So, yes. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I make games. I, I And I say I make games. I mean, I don't know if you know what a producer does, but a producer basically sits there and very 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 talented people who are around them do <laughs> do all the work and then the producer sits there going anything i can make more efficient See, and they go no you know, and you that's go. not that's not true because there was there was always <laughs> when we when i was doing theater when i was involved in theater oh yes yes the producer was a very very important person because the director was allowed to go off on a strop the producer mm. always had to make sure that that didn't cost everybody lots of money when it, when it happened. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, definitely. A set of stroppage every single, every kind of single time. A, so no, a small amount. Yeah, I would say, I would say, um, producers. Yeah, so producers kind of they make. I, I I did an interview with somebody. I think it was like develop or something like that, and they basically said, um, like, like, what is your role, and and how do you define your role? And it's basically like making sure that people with loads of talent around you can do their best work and like so it, it's yeah it's an okay i mean it's a great role for me because you know uh, i don't, with no actual game design skills or anything like that it's um it's pretty uh it, it's pretty much uh, you know a, a, a good thing for me but yeah so um that's really fun and uh we are working on Maybe, maybe, maybe it would be all right for me to say that we are currently prototyping up a new physical game. Ah, okay. Uh, um, uh, but um, yeah, that that will be that will be some month, uh, well, a number of months uh, away uh, if that comes out. But of course, I'll I'll I'll, I'll let you know about it. Do uh, you do you find yourself kind of getting involved, more involved in these things because you actually because you actually play and look at it look at it this way, it is it is easier for mm. me to take a pile of A four. Cut it up into very, very, very small squares. Yeah. Get go down the shop and get some little wooden blocks or something like that, mm-hmm. and make myself a game. Yes. It is completely different from obviously making a computer game, oh, which yeah. you put me in front of a computer. I can have the best idea in the world, but there's no way 
I can put this thing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, no, I, I, I mean, does that, is that kind of a, is you know when you're um, when you're looking at this, do you see yourself? Yeah, I'm going to be producing it and making sure that you know you use. You don't use the pure gold, but you use the actual, you know, <laughs> use maybe the charcoal kind sure, of coloured sure. box. Do you, are you, is is it going to be more hands-on for you? Are you still going to take this kind of backseat role? Yeah, so um, so uh, technically at the, the studio, I'm, at, I'm what's called a creative producer. So uh, ah, because right. I have a, I have a, a background in um, uh, games journalism um, hmm. and then I got better. Uh, and then, uh, and then, and then uh, join this side of things. Uh, so um, basically, uh, I'm, I've always been really, really interested in how games get made and the process of doing that. And yeah, like so, um, I did. Uh, I've done two global game jams now, yeah. um, and that's all about like doing things for yourself. Yeah. And <clears throat> so, yeah, definitely, I'm a bit more hands-on than like your general sort of project manager, who's very much like, here are the numbers and put them all into the spreadsheet, and now we are done. Um, whereas my role is a little bit more like. I'm. I want to make sure that the player has this kind of an experience, and how can we make sure mm. that that happens? And you're right. With when you're making physical games, um, that prototyping prototyping process is much more hands-on and involves. It can involve more people, but also like I was involved in like every play test, so I'm able to give feedback. So my colleague and owner of the company, uh, a guy called Thomas Rawlings, very 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 good designer, amazing designer actually, very smart mm. man. Mm. Um, he will you know he's he's the kind of designer who really wants input and feedback from people so so if i've got a suggestion um you know he'll he'll more than happily like take that suggestion on consider it and figure out whether or not it actually works in terms of his overall design um so yeah you i i can have an a, a deg- a, absolutely a degree of impact in the design yes that that does happen um but in terms of the actual like you know like putting the numbers onto cards for example that's that's just not something that that's not something that I'm really even qualified to do because it is really really you know really challenging yeah. and I've and, and in glo- uh, for example the first global game jam I did I did a physical card game rather than a video game with yeah. a, gr- a group of games journalists and you realize that design is is just so everybody says I've got this amazing idea for a board game or amazing idea for a video game and when you start to really like chunk down what they think that their quote unquote design is mm. you realize it's it's little it's usually little more than like i'm going to i want to make gta and but <laughs> yes. it is but it is set in the 1950s and um it is in bogner and um <laughs> you can also fly planes and like and like it's- that's that's great but it's web design all over again. The number yeah, of sure, times, sure. and I used to be involved in web design. You used to get people going up to you and it goes, "I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. It's, it's like eBay, yeah, but it's green." Yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, "Cool, that's, that's yeah, okay." Good. And then I you mean, say, "Well, how much, how much is that going to be developed?" This is well, I think probably about mm, forty-five to. I don't know, maybe you know, forty-five to seventy-five thousand pounds to kind of yeah. put that infrastructure in place. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking maybe about fifteen hundred. Yeah, and <laughs> you're like, and you're like, oh right, okay, so you've massively underestimated <laughs> yeah, exactly what's involved, and and this is this is really interesting. Like, um, so, so when you look at places like um Reddit, like Reddit's great, and uh, like I use it. 
quite infrequently, but um, I, I like going on there. And this, I don't understand it. Do I really, I, I, I kind of don't. It's like fifty percent the best of the internet, and and fifty percent the worst of it. Mm. Um, um, so like anyway, so it's like it's like a forum thing, I guess, and like and NeoGAF is exactly the same, which I'm not on. Um, but like, you'll see people saying like, there's a brilliant thread that um, uh, that somebody <laughs> sent to me, which was basically um, talking about adding multiplayer into No Man's Sky. Right, which is a big. If you're not into video games, big PlayStation Four exclusive <laughs> yeah. had a load of controversy and all that sort of stuff. It's, a yeah. hu- it's basically elites. It's huge, like like um, space trading and, and exploration sim. And some kid, I'm assuming, uh, <laughs> online said, "Oh, to put the multiplayer in, take about pff, two weeks." And like everybody who is in games production will have yeah. looked at that post and just gone. You are out of your mind if you think that that is how long that that would take. And so, and it's the same with you know, it's definitely the same with board games and so forth. There is, there is the, there is like, I, and like everybody has a really good idea for a game in them, and I really want it more people to make games and to pursue their dreams of making that game. But like actually sitting down and doing it you start to unpack. It's like opening a can of worms. You start to, start to open up and you're like, oh no, there's worms in here. <laughs> like, like, oh, I've got all these other things I have to do. Like, like um, you know, yeah. So. Do you know what I like about board games? What I'm still loving about board games is that? that there is the fact that, you know, a week ago or two weeks ago, I was sitting down and I was playing a game about, you know, owning a vineyard. Sure. And 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 the week before that, I was trying to be very quiet in a dungeon. Yeah. And next week, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be running a resort for heroes, or I'm going to be the evil overlord who's trying to present prevent heroes from coming into his dungeon, or I'm going to be a guy who's trying to prevent a hundred minions. From kind yeah. of defeating me, kind of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what I'm kind of loving about board games at the moment. That I'm seeing an awful lot of repetition in video games. Even the re- what case in point, yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. Sure, I personally love it to absolute bits, mm. but I love it to bits because it has crafting elements of The Last of Us it has the ex- yeah. explore- exploration of um, Far Cry 3 mm-hmm. it has the combat a little bit of Tomb Raider or, you know, the the new Tomb Raider Yeah. so good, it's yeah. all these amalgamations of all these kind of very very similar mechanics but there, I've not seen an awful lot of video games that have kind of when oh my goodness, this is completely different to anything I've kind of played at mm. all. Mm. I'm still you see little bits kind of stolen from here, and yet somebody can rock up with like say, um, <clears throat> here's a game about um, collecting ore in a mine. <laughs> well, how how yeah. do you, how do you do that? Well, what you do is you've got a little mine cart. You can get like a little dog you can put on the front of a mine, and he makes sure that you don't get attacked. And you've got a choice of collecting minerals, which you can either sell to one person. Or sell to another person, and you know that's an that's a game in existence. There is a game that exists. It's called Awesome. It exists. It, we've done an episode. Great, that is a great name, by the way. 
Yeah, and we've done a little. We've done an episode with the designer of Awesome, and that is an invented game, and it hasn't taken. It takes. It's like there are base mechanics, but then there are things that you can plug on with the top of the kind of the themes, which make it so kind of really, but, really, really, but really interesting. You, but isn't that because I mean, so for example, a lot of the games that get picked up, and I'm talking about video games here, but a lot of the video games that picked up on being kind of like repetitious or safe, let's say, mm. for want of a better word. Yeah. Um, like, those games tend to be in the AAA space, where if you make a game that... If you're making a game like... Um, so let's say Mass Effect uh, Andromeda, right? <laughs> okay. Okay, um, yeah. Like, if you're making a game like that, I think the budget for that was something like $50 million. Um, now, if you're spending $50 million on a game, the people who have that $50 million to give you to make that game probably want to have in place a whole bunch of checks and balances that say, well, are we, def- are we definitely going to get our money back? Yeah. And part of those checks and balances are, uh, well, what games... Is what games in the market currently is this currently like? Yes. And so you and so you can then go. Okay. Well, it's kind of like. I mean, it's kind of like all the other Mass Effects, basically. And they all sold X number of units. Um, and then the people with the money go. Oh, okay. Well, that that sounds like a decent return on investment then. And so you end up with these games where you don't get that uh, those different kinds of experiences because when you're dealing with those sums of money, much like Hollywood. You know, when you're dealing with huge sums of money like that, you kind of, you, you the, the people who have the money really kind of want safe bets. Whereas you look at indie games, um, and I, I, I really, I mean, indie is just such a like bloated word now. But like, you know, yeah. like I, I, I played uh, Crotel Renovations, um, uh, and um, uh, it's a tiny uh, studio that makes it. I think it's like one person maybe, um, and it's about a crow that runs a hotel. Like, great, perfect. But unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, the person who made that is not going to get given, like, $50 million to no. to, 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 to do that because it's just such a gamble. Um, I will also say, look, like, the further you look back in terms of history, like, we are talking about retro games slightly earlier, if you actually remember, like, back when games were one person coding into a, an, yeah, I was into a say CPC... This. Yeah. You know, you got like yak. You know, you, uh, you got stuff like well, Jeff, basically, you got Jeff Minter. Do you know what I mean? Like, you got Jeff Minter. You got you got um, Matthew Smith coming up with like Jet yeah. Set Willie. You had um, exactly. You had all um, these guys kind of like coming along and going, "Look, I've invented in some ways an entire genre which hasn't kind of been done before." Absolutely, but you also ended up with themes that were really different as well. Like, yeah. okay, I, you know, I'm uh, I'm Sid Meier, and I'm going to make a game that's entirely about owning railroads because <laughs> I'm Sid Meier and I can do that. Like, you know, exactly. um, Maxis put out Sim Ant, which was about an ant colony. You know, this was this was back in the day when, like, if you got a decent, you know, you'd only have to sell it like, you know. I don't know, like 20, 30, 40, 50,000 copies or whatever it is, and you've made like loads of money um, off of some really small idea. Whereas now it's like, we didn't shift 10 million copies of this game, so we're going to say that that's a failure? Yeah, well, it's not only that, it's a, you don't only shift 10 million copies, but you manage to get 79 on Metacritic, so everybody gets dunked oh, in hot oil for three God, weeks. God. Which is a good. 
It's so bad. So bad. <clears throat> but but luckily, I'm very fortunate in that. Like that is a like one side of the games industry, and it's like definitely not an area that I'm in. Like yeah, I very much like. I I really enjoy being. First of all, the studio that I like. But uh, the reason I like being at the studio is because we're in this cool space where we we can be creative and we do also have financial responsibilities. But we we you know we are making the games that we that we're like hey we've got this really cool idea for this thing over here and we're gonna that's what we're gonna explore and yeah are you are you given i mean looking at the games that you're you're thinking about doing is is there quite a bit of free reign for you to do have you or have you decided you're going to make x type of game within the next year well we are you kind of sitting there going let's just let's just do something guys let's just do something weird um so it's with game studios it's always a case of you want to take into account, uh, first of all, you want to take into like a, a lot of different factors, basically. One of which is, let's say, for example, you've got a lot of experience making. Uh, in our case, we 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 specialize in like digital tabletop adaptations and yeah. using people's IP and strategy games, right? So we're really good at doing that. So we'll we'll always think to ourselves, all right, well, probably one of our, one of the next projects will be a strategy game because we 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 know how to make those really well and we've got all of these IPs that we've got access to. It all makes sense. But at the back of your mind, you always have to be thinking to yourself, like, well, what if the bottom of the market falls out? Like, what what if people stop buying games on PC? Mm. Like, that, that could happen. Like, it happened 10 years ago, uh, 10, 15 years ago. Like, the PC market just kind of the bottom fell out of it, and nobody bought them, and everybody bought console games, and that was kind of it until Steam comes along, right? Yeah. Um. So, we always we're also always thinking, okay... We know what our strengths are, but what what is the other area that we want to work in? Like, what are the other areas where we want to, to work? So, for example, we've just completed work on uh, a VR prototype. So we've we've looked at that and we're like, oh, cool, VR is really good, and we can we know, we know how to, you know we we we're, we're pretty confident in that area now. And then like you know we're doing physical games because that's a really cool way to diverge as well. And yeah, we've we've definitely got ideas for games that aren't strategy or IP based or digital tabletop or anything like that. But it is very much a. You have to take those considerations into account because it's also the other side of it is like making video games. Like you can rock up to somebody and say, who is a specialist at making first person shooters. Like they've made first person shooters for 20 years, all the latest tech, they know exactly what they're doing. And then as soon as you say, go and make FIFA, suddenly you can, you can take some of the skills with you. Yeah. But. <laughs> But you don't, you don't, you certainly don't take all of them with you, you know, no. and and you don't take the experience that you've learned. I don't know. Maybe you end up making a first-person shooter football game. That'd be amazing. Actually, that be that'd be amazing. Fantastic. EA, EA, get on that. Get that on would that. Be, no, I mean you can imagine that because you, your precision and everything like that, and you could go into bullet time. Oh. In order to try and score a goal. Oh man, that'd be amazing. I was always hoping that sensible soccer would come back. And did, did, I just I remember it kind of did, and then everybody went. Aah! Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's because everybody went. Oh, cool, sensible soccer, and then played it again. They were like, Oh no! <laughs> Going back to the Mega Drive emulator. Then here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking it back on. Yeah, okay. So it may be slightly illegal, but at least I get to play a decent game. Thanks yeah. very much. Oh, it's like, um, do you see? Um, they did. Um, I don't want to rag on other developers, but do you see Dino? Dino Dini did yes. a, another football game and it was like, I don't even think it quite got the rules of football right. And it was like, what? <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah making games is making games is hard, man. But it's I fun and yeah. press X to be raided by the HMRC. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, that'll be the next FIFA update. It's actually yeah. going to be a mini game where you got to fight off the tax inspectors. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> My, um, a friend of mine actually is making a game called, um, a really cool game actually called uh, Corrupt Cup Contest. And it's about, um, it's about basically trying to bribe officials so that you can host the next world sports tournament. Oh wow, that sounds like... Um... Yeah. FIFA. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a bit like uh, it sounds. It sounds legally not quite. <laughs> yeah, so uh, no, I suppose I better go back scandals. and kind of, you know, what I mean, just to say, ah, I, could, I don't know. Yeah. Bring it on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bring absolutely. Me your, bring me your fire. <laughs> and your massive legal team. Um, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, and and that yeah, that, that that game kind of deals with that that sort of stuff. So again, I guess that's that's kind of thing, right? It's like you look at football games and they've kind of Pro Evo and FIFA, like it's it's just an arms race between like who has the best game. But and people are like, oh well, football games kind of aren't going anywhere. And then you've got something like yeah, corrupt cup contest where it's where it's it's a football quote unquote football management game. It's not really that. It's like a tournament management game. And yeah, so I don't know. I think I think there's I think there's still some cool stuff out there. Yeah, I just like the idea that somebody can just pick up paper and go, ta-da! Yeah, code names. <laughs> You're just like that's what they did. You know, that's yeah. what the guy did at the time. Yeah, Vati, went... is it Vati Shavato went? Code names, guys. What is it about? Well, you do this. Oh, that's really easy to play. What do you need? He probably could. He probably went around for the first six months. He didn't even have to prototype it properly. He just like he got a pack of blank playing cards and just wrote it all down and said, "There you go." Beautiful. Guess the words. You're away to go. Beautiful. Do you remember the the kind of the first proper board game that you really kind of fell in love with? Because mm. Sam, when Sam was on, he spoke about um, Settlers of Catan being kind of one of the first oh, games that he got wow. into. Do you remember kind of what kind of... Because, I mean, when you're on the show, you talk about you talk about board games more than we do. Right. There's always a lovely kind of story going on. I think the least, the, I think the the most recent episode I listened to was you were all hanging about in Bath. Oh yeah, yeah. So we were all hanging out um, in uh, in uh, in Bristol actually. It was. Oh, no, sorry, all, it was. It was Bristol. Yeah. And we were yeah. all just like, let's all play all the all the games. Let's all buy all the board games. Did you get your um? Have you got your um? My Twilight Imperium, sort of. Oh, my yeah. Twilight Imperium. No, um, I've, not, I've not got either of those. I, I keep thinking to myself, and we'll touch upon that in, hopefully in a moment, but. Um, yeah, I really like the idea of like a big sci-fi epic game to play, and like I, I keep threatening to myself to buy Twilight Imperium or getting into like Armada or maybe X-wing or something like that. You may, yeah, okay. Well, let's let's. I mean, we'll come back on we'll the come back. first board game. That's uh, but, fine. But yeah, um, so I mean, uh, my first. So talking about my first, the first game I ever really, really, really fell in love with. Um, weirdly, I never actually totally learned how to play it um it was the star trek collectible card game from decipher right and it was phenomenal in so much as i loved star trek and they had access to and i still love star trek i'm going through the original series at the moment and james t kirk let me tell you is a baller um but like <laughs> he's basically so amazing, isn't it? he's so amazing he's just like he's just like 
He's always the last person to get knocked out by the knockout gas. He's always the first person to get back up after a punch. He's always like, he's just like, he's just an over. Can you do? Can you do a William Shatner impression? Oh, I don't actually think I can. Do you know what? how? To, do you know how to do a William how, Shatner impression? How do you do? It? Is you put in, you put an American accent on, you put slightly different tones to your voice, and then you almost write a sentence with full stops in the middle. Right. Kind of thing. So if you're going to say, you know, I'm going down to my house to get some dinner, yeah. you go, I'm going down the house to get some dinner, kind of thing. You know, I mean, you stop. You have to sort of, yeah, it's like he's, it's like he's Trying overly analysing every <laughs> Every word one. that I'm saying here, Mr. Spock, kind of I thing. Am it's almost like a really serious Shakespearean <laughs> actor. actor. Um, and I but, like yeah, the talk of the trees. Yeah. <laughs> But he he is like oh man he's so good and like Star Trek Next Gen was like my jam and so was DS Nine and, and and I liked Voyager as well and and did so you th- like Voyager because uh, you know I mentioned I like Voyager in the office and there's a guy in the office who is Star Trek daft and the easiest way to wind him up is to say personally I think J J Abrahams reinvigorated the Star Trek the Star Trek <laughs> franchise and just watch <laughs> he just gently just smoulders in his chair. Down. Oh man! I mean, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like it's it's pretty obvious with that series that they've they've kind of gone J.J. Abrams. Yeah, that's cool. You've made an alternative timeline that we're not a hundred percent like we like, but it's not a hundred percent that it's cool. And um, like, cause cause um, I mean, the timelines are all over the bloody place at the moment. But like, like there is an official like TV. This is the canon, and that's what all the books spin out of, and and all that sort of stuff. And I've, I've never actually read any of those, but um. But this, oh man, this card game, right? So it had access to like all of these series. So you would have, and the idea was that you had, you had characters. So you could have like Picard and Janeway and Data and all that sort of stuff. Um, and you would also have then like the Cardassians. The Cardassians? Wait, I always get this it wrong. Is, no, it is the Cardassians. It, it is the. Is it, the is Card- the Car- the- it is the Cardassians. Yeah, they had lizards. They had lizard. They were actually secretly lizards. Okay. which is probably just. I always like- get. I always. I always mix the two. I sometimes I'll say Kardashians. Yeah, but if you not- say Kardashians, that's wrong. That's, that's the, wrong. That's, that's the, the. That's the people that do um, the vapid family. Yeah. And yeah. I mean- <laughs> the the um yeah so so the Cardassian reptile people. So you could have the Cardassians, the Majorans, and the. Um, the Klingons and Romulans and all that sort of stuff, and you, you would have different factions, and you would pick the faction that you had, right? Um, and you might have allies or something like that. Um, and then you would have ships, and then you would have planets, and you would have to visit the different planets and do things on the planets. And sometimes you would have battles in space, and then sometimes you would have treaties, and they would like you would have like a Romulan and Federation alliance, and then you could suddenly start doing different things. Um, now. Me and my friend, who are both kind of really into Star Trek, um, both got this series, and we both bought lots and lots of cards. When we went, to, we used to go to Waterstones in. Um, oh yeah, or it might be in Otakers at the time, in uh, in in Royal Tunbridge Wells, um, and we would go into the into the shop, and they would have like these individual packs of cards. I don't know why it would be books, 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 books. Oh, and also Star Trek cards. Um, and like we'd we'd buy a few like every once in a while, and then we'd sit down and try and figure out the rules every single time, and not really understand what was going on. Kind of just make up our own rules, really. Um, and I was just in love with it. Just the idea of 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 like big collections of cards, and 
each card being like important in its own way, like each having its own specific role. Much like you know, I know you're not a fan of it particularly, but much like a magic or, or like a, a, I know, I know, I know. Uh, so, um, so like, but each of these cards in this Star Trek game, like it, they would have that similar kind of. Well, they're they're different, and and some are more powerful and more rare, and some of them, some of them, some of them do different things, and that was awesome. And it was also like really cool to be like, oh, you know, I got. You know, I got a red alert, and they were really good. Like red alert cards are really good because you could you could say you could say like red alert, and then like suddenly like your your team would be like amazingly powerful, and it was absolutely crazy. Um, and I loved it, but I never really learned how to play the game. And I keep sort of thinking to myself, maybe one day. Have I'll... you still got the cards? Did you get rid of them? No, I got gone? rid of them. I got rid of them when I was about. I, I I when I went to university, I was like, I am no longer a child. I shall leave leave childish things oh behind me. And I was just like, here, have my complete collection. Like, here, have a massive collection of magic cards. Have yeah. a ma- like like charity shop. Have a complete collection of Star Trek cards. Oh have a complete. Co- I got rid of some cards for. It was called Mythos, and it was a it was like a Cthulhu deck building game and there was like a I had a Sim City card game as well which was yeah, nuts of the card games there. I so for me card games I I do really like board games but to me card games are like crack like they are they're so because the thing about them the thing about card games is and I'm to, like like I'm talking about standard poker sized card type games right ccgs lcgs that kind of thing yeah and like um there's the the thing that fascinates me about those games is you have a single piece of card that's the size of a poker card and on that card is just a world of gameplay just there's so much information contained in a single card in netrunner you know, like, there's so many different systems that they interact with. There's so many, like, there's, like, little variations on, okay, well, you would normally follow the rules like this, but this card makes you spin it out in this way. And yeah. when, you, when you've when you got these, like, games where you have to put together a deck of 40 cards or 60 cards, wherever it is, and you've got to go through your entire collection and think to yourself, right, how do I build out this deck to ba- best take advantage of, of the rules that I know exist? That is ma- That is magic. That is magic to the T. I mean, that mm. is that is the meta, isn't it, in any game like that? Netrunner's another one, which is yeah. like that as well. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, like, we've been playing Arkham Horror, um, and, like, I've heard that there's something called Five Armies coming out that one of my colleagues, Steve Martin, yeah. is just waiting. Five, uh, the, the Legends of the Five Rings or something like that. Something like coming that. Out, which is going to be another... It's going to be another fantasy flight um, living... Well, I think they're are they allowed they're allowed to call it a living card game. Yeah, living card game. Um, I think yeah. they are. I remember um, when we had a guest, Chris Clue, on, and he was talking about his um, he was talking about his card game, and he said they weren't allowed to call it a living card game because yeah. they got Fantasy Flight knocking on the door and saying, "Hang on, that's a trademark. That's you a trademark. You can't use that." Which yeah. is a bit um, it's a, a bit, bit funny, a little bit cheeky, a little bit cheeky. Would you? I mean. How many have you got? A large collection of magic? Is it extremely magic? Is it slightly magic? Or are you just a little bit magic? <laughs> um, so I've basically um, put a pin in magic for me because I basically went through right at the end of um, twenty fifth. 
15 I sort of yeah. picked it up and then got into Origins and that was a really good jumping on point for me yeah um, and I got into it because I actually covered the game when I was a games journalist because they were doing a game called Magic Duels which is like a a digital version of it um, yeah. and I so I got like a free deck and I was like oh thanks very much and then I got like uh, he gave me like a set of like called something like Dragons of Tarkir and Khans of Tarkir and all that sort of stuff yeah. and then I was like okay this and then for that year I was just like magic 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 and then like and this year I've just gone do you know what I've got enough magic cards and <sighs> and I also kind of I've I've kind of hit a point now where I've realized that I don't think collectible card games are for me anymore. Like no. I don't like this idea of opening boost like booster packs and getting random cards. Like I've because so me and Sam uh, uh, would sit down and we would play magic and it was great. Like because we both basically pl- paid roughly the same amounts of money and we kind of treated the game in the same way. Mm-hmm. And we would sit down and we, we, we would come up with like cool decks and strategies and stuff like that. It was really, really fun and usually very close. And I'd play with my partner and we share our magic collection as well. Yeah. Um, and, and it would be good because we, we, we would know, okay, well, we've got, you know, decent amount of stuff. And then I went to like one event of Friday Night Magic and just spectated, didn't participate at all and just looked and looked at people's cards and hands and decks and all that sort of stuff. And it was just so immediately obvious. Like, this person has spent a thousand pounds on this, and they are 100%. Like, they are going to beat this other player because yeah. because their deck is comprised of super ridiculously rare, very, very good cards, and they've been playing for years. And, um, yeah, years. And, and there's no way that this opponent is going to. And lo and behold, they didn't. Um, yeah. And that really sort of like worried me. And I. I so I, I kind of stepped away from the whole thing. I was like, oh, that sucks. That I I don't I don't know if I like the CCG thing anymore. I want a complete collection. And then I got Arkham Horror and I got Netrunner and um, I've just started a new game as well. Which What's is that? A... Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. So I've started playing a game called Star Realms. Oh yes, I've heard of this. Yes. So this is by. Um, two Magic Hall of Famers, and one of them also was involved in the design for Ascension, uh, which is like a deck-building game. Yes, I've heard uh, of that as well. And it's a... They're very they're limited, so you, you basically know what you're going to get. And it's a... It, and, and this is coming back to the sci-fi thing for me. It's a sci-fi game whereby you have four different galactic federations, as it were, and that's kind of like your red black white green blue um and it's a deck building game it's about building up your own um the the kind of i think it's called like an action area or something like that but basically building up your own assets um on your side and fielding uh ships that give you the ability to trade resources, which kind of basically gives you sort of money to buy other cards from a community pool of cards, which mm. both players can take. Yeah, um, I've seen the, yeah, yeah. And then you get like attack values as well, and you have to use your attack values to destroy opponent um, facilities or to directly attack your opponent again, much like in Magic. And you reduce their. It's called I think it's called authority. You reduce their authority down to zero, and then you you essentially win the game, and. I've not played the physical game. I've just been playing the digital versions because I've, I was like, I wonder whether or not this is a game for me. 
and it turns out it absolutely is, <laughs> uh, uh, which is really quite worrying because now I'm because first of all I can get the digital version on. I've got it now on my laptop, my okay. Android tablet, and my iPhone, and all versions hook up to one another and can play against one another. You're um, you've taken that too far. I've gone too far, <laughs> haven't I? No, I think that's no, I think that's fine. I think it's a, I think it would be the case that you would be. Um, if you were in the situation where you were on kind of like an online store and you had put every single thing of Star Realms into your basket, yeah, then that, that would be would maybe be a little bit. That extreme. would be. I mean, I'm I'm not going to say that I've done that as have well. You, have you done the investigation to total it all up to see how much it would cost, though? Uh, I've not done. I've not gone that far. I've I've looked into the I've looked into the core set and gone because <coughs> yeah. because for me LCG is brilliant because. You end up spending probably, you know, for any like average person who plays card games, you probably with an LCG end up spending probably the same amount of money you would have spent on Magic or, you know, one of these other collect Pokemon or or, or Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. You probably end up spending the same amount of money anyway. Um, but that that as soon as you buy that core set, and there's a reason that Fantasy Flight have them cheaper. Like you get that core set and you're like, oh, this is really good, but. If only there was a way for me to do this one other action, and then a friend of yours who's got you into the game goes, go in, you know, Arkham Horror goes, oh yeah, if you buy the next set, then uh, then you can do that, and you go, that's, that's oh. so Netrunner, isn't it? It's, yeah, that yeah, exactly. Is so Netrunner. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, and you're like, oh, okay, well I'll just get that then. And you're yeah. like, cool, that that'll be all I need. And then you'll keep doing, you'll keep playing, and then you'll 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 play with those things, and you're like, oh. And then you wonder why Netrunner. Netrunner comes in a box which is technically 25 times the size that you need to actually store the Netrunner cards in. Oh, yeah. And that's because you realise that if you get every single thing from Netrunner, that is when it fits in the box. But then yeah. you're probably looking at a carry case once you've sleeved it all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a preposterous amount. But again, like, and to me, like, those card games, they, 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 they're, they've always got, like, you know, really great. Like, I really love looking at the art. I love, I love uh, thinking about what those, what the actions are. Thinking about like l- looking through new cards and going, oh, like that's a really interesting new effect. That was the thing I really loved about buying new sets of Magic. I was just like, oh, this will be really good when I don't end up playing anybody. Like, like you know, there would always be this 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 card where you go, oh, I can totally see how I would build a deck around, <laughs> you know. Uh, I don't know, like um, converting lands in Magic, like converting yeah. lands into into um, into creatures. Like I could totally see how I could build a, a deck around that, and then you start doing it. And, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so those are kind of where I'm at, really. What about? Um, okay, you mentioned. Okay, as a quick aside, mm. have you ever looked at um, Ashes Rise of the Phoenix Born? I don't think I've ever heard of that. It's um, Playpack Games. It is. It is. It's a card game involving dice and cards, and it is. Um, it's not. Um, it's not booster packed or anything related. It's you know fixed. Um, it's living. It's like Netrunner. I think you would really like it because it is basically here's your deck of here's your deck. Mm. And then you have to learn how to use the deck properly. And the beautiful way, it, the beautiful way it works is you. And we've spoken. Me and Colin have spoken this about about this before. Um, and I've played it a good number of times, and I absolutely love it. Mm. But basically, you will roll your dice 
at the beginning and that will tell you the type of energy that you're allowed to play with and then your energy costs basically your two-sided the dice they're the highest energy so they're worth anything else then you get another two-sided the dice and they're just worth them plus the next level down and then you get the lowest level of the dice and that's only worth like one point so it's like right. one point two points three points but you can use that energy in order to bring bring kind of animals creatures into the field or use spells uh, and you've got a central character and they've got like a special move and you can essentially tap them and get them to use their power and then you can bring cards to battle each other and it's essentially like building up an army to smack the other person and bring down their life points yep. to yep. to zero and it <clears throat> it simply has not got the praise and love that I feel it should have it is absolutely glorious looking it comes in a white box so when you're playing it the cards yeah. are white it's stunning to look at and the artwork is absolutely fantastic and unlike magic, yeah. and I'm not going to slag off magic, I yeah, know I shouldn't don't. be, no I'm not yeah. going to, Good. but unlike magic, we're okay, yeah. the um, Kaladesh stuff yeah, is yeah, yeah. beautiful looking, yeah. but they're obviously, <clears throat> some of the cards you get, you kind of go, is what is that meant yeah. to actually kind of be? The artwork in Ashes is absolutely stunning. It's relatively inexpensive to pick up for the core game. You get something like about... <clears throat> I think you get about um, four or five decks to play with, straight oh, out of the box with all the cards. In fact, I'm gonna, I've got it down. I'm just gonna give me two seconds. This go is on, live, go live on. action. I'm gonna, all right, go on then. Off you go. Go on, down you go. It's just under the bed. It's just under there, is it? Yeah, it's just under the bed. I'm just gonna reach in and get the box. Go on, have a little reach in. I'm gonna have a just a little reach in. Stop it. Stop it. Right, okay. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. There we go. You can hear me clattering about because I've got a plastic box yeah. that keeps stuff in. But. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Blocked off my roadway for the rest of the show. Yeah. Right, here we go. Okay. There is. How many decks do you get? You get five decks to begin with. Okay. And you get jet, you get, yeah, two to four players. It's just absolutely beautiful looking. It's really, see, really, it's just a work see, that, of art. That kind of thing is just, it really just grabs me and, uh, it, yeah, like, like, there is something really lovely about, about just sitting there with a big load of basically game mechanics. And you yes. sit around it and you're like, oh, this is. This you know, there's so much potential in all of these cards, um, and it's also quite nice to just kind of. It's like quite a nice Sunday afternoon thing to kind of, you know, you've had your you've had your um, uh, your roast, uh, your your corn roast, and your uh, vegetarian gravy, and all of that sort of uh, stuff, uh, and then um, limp wristed left wing liberal yeah. that I am, um, and um, yeah, like so, and, and you're like, oh, I'm a, oh, a little bit, a little bit full. Um, uh, and then you sit down on your couch and you're like, I'm just going to look through all my cards. <laughs> like, I'm just going to sit down and spend three yes, hours thinking yeah. about metagame mechanics. And just kind of thinking, can I, if I get the right combination at the right time, can I build? Because yeah. that's what they get. these games are about. It's like getting, the, not necessarily getting the right card at the right time. I think there's nothing, well, okay. I love Pokemon 
And I sure. like playing Pokemon because I played Pokemon with my son. Hmm. But I think there is nothing worse than it suffers from... Um, is it like playing Patience? Do you know you play Patience and you get to the point where you can't turn over a card because everything right. is stuck? And Pokemon's right. like that. You get all your kind of like your seven reward cards. Right. But you're not winning a battle, so you can't get the card that you need in order to evolve a card into a stronger card in order to kind of get yourself sure. up sure. kind of thing. Right. Um, and oh, this is just... You're never ever stuck on this. You've always got kind of like some kind yeah. of tactic that you can use. Everything's got kind of different tactics. You've got... There's one, um, there's one character called the Bloodwoods Queen. Okay. And when you bring, when you bring, um, you've got something called a card called a summon a blood puppet. That sounds cool. You summon a blood puppet, but you don't put it in front of you. You put it into your opponent's kind of front line. Beautiful. And then at the end, and then at the end of the round, if they've got any blood puppets left that they haven't eradicated from their front line, they take damage. It's yeah. It's all about you. And it's all about you sacrificing and hurting yourself in order to hurt your opponents because it's all based around kind of like voodoo and sticking pins and stuff like that. Yeah. I think you might like that. I just... have added that to my Amazon wish list. I've chucked that right in. Oh, uh, it's just and and the, the, there's more expansions coming out as well. But oh, at don't least tell you me know. That. Oh. But at least you know that you're getting exactly what you have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The ten. I was thinking about no. I was thinking about your chat on staying yeah. in. We were talking about should I get Armada or should I get X Wing? Yeah, yeah. And I was think. Have you seen Destiny yet? Which one's the kind that? Oh of the, God, is there a new one? It's the card dice game. Oh, it's Star Wars Destiny. Destiny. Yeah, but look at this. No, don't. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I, this is the, this. No, this is the thing. So I don't like. Well, sorry, that's that's not fair. Um. I can I edit think... out if you're about to see you don't like Star Wars. No, no, no. I think, yeah, I think Star Wars is fine. Like, like I've, I've watched Star Wars and I went, oh, that's a good movie. Yeah. I've never had any of the same level of, like, intense love for Star Wars. I know tons of people have. So I look at something like this card game, and I'm like, first of all, they've added in dice, which is the... I mean, that is a real dick move from uh, from Fantasy Flight, because I'm now just, like, completely on board. I was, I mean, I was going to I was gonna get some Dice Masters the other day, and I just thought, no, Did I'm you? not. I, can't. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. How is, how is Sam's Dice Master collection? Th- is he still... I think he's on top of it. You think? I want to hope he is. I mean, I sort of... He, when he was down in Bristol the other day, I was like, oh, look, Sam, Dice Masters for for Deadpool. And he was like, no, it's fine. I was like, okay. Did, he, did he then make an excuse and say, oh, I'm going to need to go to the toilet? And oh, he I just disappeared for yeah, 45 and then, minutes. And then was covered in dice. Um, but like... <laughs> <Came> back, <either. laughs> um, but just like, just absolutely covered in like, like Thor cards. Oh, um, my goodness. But like, yeah, I look at this and I'm like, okay, this looks really fun. And I would probably look through... I'd love to play a game of this. And I'm sure yes. I'll probably get well, yes. well, well into it. But... the re- Oh, God, it does look good. Anyway, the reason the reason that I wanted um, Armada or maybe uh, X-Wing and not yeah. Imperial Assault, because I did look at Imperial Assault as well. I was like, I've already got Descent. I'm all right. 
Yeah, I don't think you would need that. I don't um, think you would need that. But I really like... Um, I really like sci-fi and I like spaceships and all that sort of stuff. Like to me, I know some people like really like military, like World War Two and like tanks and all that. I've never understood that. What I really like is like big space battleships. Like to me, that's my my silly. I'm still a child inside kind of thing. I'm like, oh yeah, big big cool. Like oh, the Enterprise E, that's amazing. Um, uh, and have you not seen Eclipse? Then have you not looked at Eclipse? Eclipse. Yeah. Oh god, is this another board game? It is, yeah, it's another board game, yeah, it's oh, kind of like, I mean, um, Frank West, friend of the show, Frank West. Frank West, okay. Like um, he says it's amazing. I've never played, I've never partaken myself, oh, but he god. says it's a this big... Do, this does look good. I mean, what I want, what hmm. I want, basically, is a bunch of... What I want is Battlefleet Gothic. And that yes. was a, that was a game by uh, Games Workshop and... Uh, Obviously, I don't want to talk too much about Games Workshop because we work with them. But Games Workshop, I used to play Games Workshop games uh, back in the day, and I've played it. Uh, I, I obviously play Games Workshop games today. Um, and but back in the day, they had a game called Battlefleet Gothic, and it was brilliant. It was big, 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 big spacecraft, and they yeah. were all they they turned real slow, and then you had like t- tiny little fleets of of smaller ships that you could use for for sort of more nimble maneuvers but you have these huge hulking great monstrosities carting their way through space and it was all it was kind of like naval battles like you know you'd want to broadside people and, and ram people and all that sort of stuff and i loved that and then they they stopped doing it which is fair enough um but i've always wanted another one of those games and so when i saw x-wing i was like uh-oh and when i saw armada i was like uh oh, uh oh, because the, that I want that kind of game. But here's the here's the kicker, and this is why I've never purchased it. Yeah, I don't really care about Star Wars in that sort of way. So but, like, it would just be lost on me. I'd just be like, oh okay, so I've got a I've got a an X wing, and I mean I know what they do, but there's a B wing and a Y wing, and I, I don't really know. I mean I know the Millennium Falcon. But what is this over here? I don't really know why. Yeah, this is but going. I mean, if you if you know what where where X Wing's going with the IP at the moment, they kind of have just brought in the potato wing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, and here's the XWV fighter that appeared on the Droids TV show in episode thirteen. Are they the really one where C three PO like... kind of lost his foot and R two D two got covered in green? It sounds um, like they are really scrabbling then for... I think, no. They're like, <clears throat> they're buying them too quickly. <laughs> I, do you know what it is? It's it's the tournament. Do you know what it is? It's magic. It's the magic meta. Yeah. And you'll understand what I mean by that is what will happen is every year you'll get a tournament and X-Wing yeah. is very, very tournament based. Right. So what will happen is that you'll have, say, um, you'll have, say, somebody say, right, okay, this year they're using this model, this model, this model, this model, and they'll have different cards that they can use as well, which are kind of like extra bonuses and stuff like that. So, if you're using like a fleet of Tie Fighters, you can use a card called Swarm, and what Swarm does basically is it says if you've got kind of like guys around you on both sides, yeah. it increases your attack kind of thing. It allows your ability to focus. People can string attacks together and stuff like that. Right now, when you get into the tournament situation. What happens is at the end of the season, 
basically everybody hangs around on the same forums and learns the same tactics. It's just like magic. What will happen is at the moment with the Kaladesh, you know, when Kaladesh came out, it lasted, you know, it had six months, everybody went through the championships, and then um, Wizards of the Coast bring out the next kind of thing for magic, and X-Wing's very, very much like that. So you'll get an entire season where you'll have somebody playing with the the Slave One, which is Boba Fett's ship, or the Millennium Falcon, or they'll be playing with the, you know, the Kazoo Orchestra Narwing Fighter or whatever, and it'll have a magical card, which basically means you're allowed to use three focus points instead of two focus points, and that's kind of like a tournament winner right. if you're up against Darth Vader Starfighter. Right, so right, right. what Fantasy Flight are basically doing is they're getting to the end of the year and saying, we need to change this and we need to bring out different ships to freshen up the tournament and to change the balance because it's not like i mean you'll know overwatch and all these online multiplayer games yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah everybody's talking about you know oh torben's you know torben's rubbish and why aren't they kind of nerfing this and why aren't they nerfing that and obviously in your model, in your miniatures games like X-Wing, you can't nerf anybody. You can't say yeah. you're not allowed to no longer use this card. Yeah. So what they need to do is they need to release these expansions. So to you, if you're saying, oh, I'm not sure about the Star Wars universe, I wouldn't worry horrifically too much about right. it. I don't think you... I think you'll get... It'll be like... Um, it will be like magic. I mean, there are characters and creatures and stuff like that you don't really know anything about the background, you just know the mechanics on it. And it'll be like Ashes, it'll be the same thing. Mm. So I don't see anything wrong with you kind of diving in and having having a shot of it. What would be cool yeah. is if you had Armada and then X-Wing, yeah. or if you had Rebellion. Rebellion, which is the big space Star Wars political game, Right. And that is basically you're jumping in spaceships into systems to try and try and find the rebel base, which is kind of cool. So I was thinking you could set up Reve- set up rebellion in one table. You could play that until you get to a space battle. Oh my god! <laughs> and then you could jump over to Armada when the two big frigate ships kind of meet, and you could have a battle from there. And whoever's left, you could then jump onto a table of X-wing. And kind of finish it off. And if you landed on the planet, you'd have a table full of Imperial Assault. Yes. And you could battle everything out. Yes. And if it went down to the wire, you'd then have another another table of Star Wars Destiny. Oh. So you could just sit and have a quick fight between two people. Oh. Could you imagine? Could you imagine how cool you would be? Could you imagine how... Well, you'd have to live in the boxes because that would probably cost you a small <laughs> <fortune>. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You'd have to um you would have to sort of like mortgage your home to do that. I need about six paste tables. I need all I need is six paste tables and um some gluten free bread, please. Yeah, and yeah. some lure pack just to kinda keep me going. But just just to smooth it over. Um, that is the dream. That is the dream. I mean, that's the thing. I I I don't know. I the, the, there is so there is this game is based on X Wing specifically is based on another it's basically it's based on I believe Crimson Skies so the yeah. game that started all this is Crimson Skies there is a Dungeons and Dragons version of this and yes. there's also a Star Trek version of it but Attack I, Wing and, Attack Wing yeah so there's Dungeons and Dragons Attack Wing and there's Star Trek Attack Wing and I looked at Star Trek Attack Wing thinking, well, there we are. There we are. That's the answer. Clearly, that will be the one that I want to get hold of. And then I started looking at the models. 
And they are They're not, really bad. They're not good. No. I mean, models nowadays, I mean, you you, know, you and I probably remember the, the days of um, the Games Workshop. When they first came out, I mean, they were in let kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So you had yeah. to get really good sculpts. And then they moved to resin. Yeah. You know, you still get resin sculpts, and now you're going to get the plastic sculpts. But even if you're getting kind of minis on normal Kickstarter games, the detail on that is really, really good. Yeah, the detail. What I heard cool. about Attack Wing was it looked like it was made by Jason Age 6. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm looking, I mean, like, I'm looking at it now because, you know, it's 37 quid and payday is just around the corner. And, like, and like the thing, the thing with it is, like, the ships look fine. Like, they look okay. But then you go and look at X-Wing and you're like, this is night and day. Like, like it is such a different level of quality that you, you, you know, you really can't compare. And then you look at the D&D stuff and go, oh, it's, it's really not, it's not great. Like, this, just, this dragon should look way better. I mean, with, I mean, yeah, especially when you're getting kind of Kickstarter guys that are doing like their second oh, yeah. and third yeah. project and they're like, look at these little... Squ-. Well, you know, you're spoiled nowadays for minis because, I mean, if you look at anything that um, Cool Mini or not are kind of kicking out of the castle, oh, yeah. Yeah. they're just absolutely ri- ridiculous in the scale of it. And you get things like Kingdom Death Monster and, you know, anything that's got minis... Because the standard's so high, you know, yeah, you, you kind of bring that out, and people feel a bit insulted, especially yeah. with such a loved, a loved, much loved IP like Star Trek. It's like, yeah. hmm, who yeah. gave the guy the mushroom and the two corks to make the Enterprise? Because, <laughs> because <laughs> I've seen them. They're so bad. They are so bad. But you're not tempted. Have you not got other Star Trek models that you could maybe substitute in their substitute place? Substitute in that stuff. No, I've not. Like, like I. So again, it's one of these things of really, like, again, really love read. Uh, not reading. Uh, watching Star Trek. That was really great, and I thought the movie's really good. And then I just got. I, but I never got went down that route of. You know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get into like there's a guy there's a, one of our designers at work he's super into uh, Star Trek and, and lots of stuff like that and he's got a really cool um, uh, uh, model of one of the ships it's not the Enterprise it's like some uh, I think it's one from DS9 maybe I don't think it's the Defiant anyway mm. a really beautiful ship and it's sat on his desk and it's a lovely model and all that kind of thing and there's a, he's only got like one or two little bits and pieces and I kind of go mm, that is a tasteful amount of tat do you know what I mean like there's a lot of people who they'll buy the thing that I love is you'll see these and this happens in video games so much you'll see these like quote unquote special editions oh my uh, goodness and there'll be like here's a resin statue of Geralt from The Witcher and you'll look at it and you'll go that looks like it was hand painted by me (laughs) like like this doesn't look like somebody with a you know it's like when do you know when you I don't know when you when you go and you see like the the kind of the pictures that they sell in these kind of high street shops yeah. and it's quite clearly that what they've done is they've they've got somebody that's come along with the the resin gun and yeah. just kind of put the edges around the flower and then somebody's come in with, and their their job is to paint blue on this part of the picture <laughs> this part of the picture this part yeah, of the yeah, picture yeah. this part yeah. of the picture and that's all that they do all day is just put blue. Just put blue on it. On it, and then it passes to the next person that's Stand got on. some purple to put on the picture. Yeah. And you see that, and it's just... Mm, Garbage. Garbage. I don't know. 
But it's, but it's, you know, and and you see all these things. Do you know, what? I'm, I'm sadly, I'm, I'm going to add the Star Trek Attack Wing game to my wish list. I think because that's, yeah, that's going in. Uh, so, um, but yeah, like I, 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 I'm kind of at the point where, with board games, where myself and my partner, we both play games together, but we don't play them a lot. We don't, we just don't get enough time together, really. Um, no. And I don't really have. I don't really have many friends in Bristol and I, I have a very small uh, social group and as it as it stands and so they're all kind of in different parts of the country and so when we get together it's lovely and it's great and we play board games um, together and we'll play like LCGs and limited games really really well because we'll be like oh okay well we don't need to know all of this meta stuff no. and we, do, we don't have, you know but uh, when it comes to like building and building and building and building out, that's when it becomes an issue because, you know, uh, Dan, for example, lovely Dan, who's wonderful. Um, uh, he, oh, sorry, Dan. Uh, sorry, Dan. Uh, he's you know wonderful. Dan is you know his his time is he loves board games as well, but he's never going to be into uh, into uh, into magic or into uh, Netrunner or anything like that because it's it's just not his kind of game. You know, he would rather actually you know be a pretty cool guy <laughs> rather than some like you know rather than like me uh, and sam um so yeah and um so that's that's kind of where i've got to the other the other the other area so i'm sort of flitting on the edge of really going deep into one of these things i might look a little bit more into star trek attack Wing, um and also the one that you suggested the um yeah i mean that's good armada is okay the thing with it okay yeah. the only thing with x-wing is you get you get you get three ships okay and that's it Right. So you're automatically adding other things to the basket. Yeah. Because you've got to get another couple of TIE Fighters. And then if you're getting a couple of TIE Fighters, you might as well get another X-Wing. And if you're getting an X-Wing, you might as well get an A-Wing. And oh, look, there's Han and Chewie in the Millennium Falcon just before what happened in The Force Awakens. (laughs) You know, and you might as well kind of that. So it's very, very easy to go down a rabbit hole. And even the base game on X-Wing is still a good 27, 28 pounds. Yeah. Whereas Armada, on the other hand, yes, you get you get a you get a reasonable number of ships, but you also get these lovely little kind of squadrons of stub fighters that you can use as well. Right. So I think you can get away. I guess what you're looking at is where does the line come in where I need to stick my hand back into my pocket again and yeah. pay more money in order to continue to enjoy the game. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah. And to me, X Wing. X-Wing, I don't know. I don't, look, I've got a reasonable amount of X-Wing. I have been there and I've got, you know, a nice little, I've got a decent looking squadron. I could proudly display this at, you know, a Star Wars event and people would walk past and go, that's quite good, that's, you know, good effort. Yeah. But then, um, it's one of these games that you either go really, really deep into the meta and learn everything, or you kind of end up skirting about the outside and just kind right. of occasionally using the cars. But Armada's really, really good. And don't get me wrong, X-Wing's really, really good. But it comes down to two things. How often are you going to play it? Yeah. And are there going to be an awful, an awful lot of other people that are willing to play it with you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, so... so and again that's why i go down the these these limited route, these limited game routes where it's like i'm okay to purchase a core pack that gives me two, like four decks whereby yeah. we can we can rotate these things and like for example descent is the other the other game that i like i have the core set and i'm like really thinking like all oh, right i i really want to set a regular night up with a couple of different people locally to make sure that it all 
you know, so that I actually play these games and then maybe I can go and get some extras and expansions and kind of think, things like that. But I don't mind being the person who splashes out on that amount of money to, to, yeah. to have like, okay, I am providing the fun this this evening. This is this is the fun box that we are going to, to be playing with. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind doing that. But it's when it's it's the convincing other the the person next to you to go and spend two hundred quid to get up to your level of yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's when it's kind of, that's when you need to be. It's almost like you need to be joining a group where yeah. it's already in there, yeah. and you're willing to pay play catch up. Because if yeah. you're on the other side of it, it's very, very difficult to find somebody that's going to be up to the level, and yeah. it ends up causing a little bit. Of, oh, I just went. What do you do? Well, I bought myself, you know, ten. I got myself ten booster packs. I managed to get, you know, I managed to get X, Y, and Z. I managed to get that. I managed to get this. What did you do? Um, I don't know. Decided whether to eat or heat my house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of, yeah. You, know, you don't want yeah. to be like, oh, I'm an okay. adult. Uh, yeah, so um, I thought I'd do burnies. adult things. Yeah. No, um, that's what I like about Ashes because you've got it in there, and even with a basic pack, there's tons. I kind of, kind of play, play in there as well. I'm, I'm gonna have to buy Ashes, aren't I? I'm gonna have to. I. T- I'm gonna have to. No, it's fine. I'll do it. I think, see, the thing is, and when, if Sam ventures back down your way, he's going to love Ashes yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because it's dice. So it would be rude not to. I think, you know, when is he coming down? Is it 2018 again? Is that when he's... I think... Yeah, yeah that's right. No, I think, yeah, that was, he's, I think he's coming, that's... He's, he's coming down in August, so I could get everything ready. <laughs> Put it in the basket. Come on, it's like, you know, it's, yeah. what is it? It's April now, you've only got... Three and a half months. Exactly. I've got to get prepared. I get. Prepared. I think you know. I think you've got to learn the rules. Not only for him, yeah, for him and yourself to both enjoy a good game. Otherwise, yeah. you know, what's what kind of host are you then, Peter? Yeah, exactly. It'd be rude. I think rude. you know. I don't think we need to justify this anymore. I th- I'm surprised it's not already got the your Amazon packages on its way to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but maybe later. Maybe later on in the week. Yeah, no, but I've yeah. I mean, do you do you partake in the kickstart now that you've you have partaked in the kickstart? Do you do I? Are you wanting back? Do things? you do you do you back or do you oh, yeah. back away? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I see. That is that is a line that I would expect from a consummate host like yourself, Richard. Um, <laughs> uh, so yes, um, uh, yeah, I uh, I've backed a few things actually. Now I tend to back. I mean, let me. Really, really quickly to the internet. Uh, uh, I, I, I tend to back things that are either Bristol-based because I really like to see, like you know, peers and colleagues and stuff like that succeed. Sometimes I'll back stuff where, or sometimes I'll back stuff where I'm in it. Uh, so, for example, I backed uh, the journey down because uh, yeah. uh, they they did the third episode and I'm in the second episode. Yeah, um, and I was like, oh, I'll back that because they gave me some work the other day. Uh, and then the other stuff I do is, um, yeah, kind of local stuff and stuff where I think that would that is never going to be coming anywhere near me, like in, in to a to a shop, like so a game like E Solo E, which is but made by um, uh, a Japanese chap. Uh, whose name escapes me uh, uh, for uh, for the time being. Basically, he makes really good minimalist um, sort of 
small thought and logic games. Uh, they're called logic games, I think they're called. Um, and uh, the, they're they're beautiful. Like the, each eat the you know the the little tokens that you use are made of like glass or made of like really nice wood. They've got uh, really lovely prints on them. And then the actual board that you play on is a is a ceramic tile. Um, like just really really lovely That's bits of craft and stuff it? like that. And then I'll back things that I you know I kind of think are worthy of supporting and wouldn't get done if they weren't on Kickstarter. So there's a really cool looking game called Cheap Golf. Which uh, is basically what would happen if somebody was given access to an Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and just made a really fucking bonkers <laughs> like uh, like a, a, a top-down golf game. And then there's a game called Battle Princess Madeline, which is essentially just ghouls and ghosts. Um, and with that's a never, girl, with a with woman, a, with a with a lady, because it's twenty seventeen. Right. Uh, and it you know uh, like more power to it. And also, it's really cool. Battle Princess Madeline was. Um, the design so the the story goes that like the person who is designing it and coding it has a daughter and they used to play ghouls and ghosts together a lot or ghouls and goblins a lot and her, his daughter would say oh I want to be in the game so and she knew her father made video games and he said well I can't I can't put you into ghouls and ghosts like it's not possible and she didn't really yeah. understand but I could make you a game where you're the star oh, so his wow. daughter Madeline is Battle Princess Madeline. And so I was like, well, the story alone is worth 65 Canadian dollars. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, absolutely uh, back that. And then the other really big one that I backed is a game called Bertram Fiddle, which is like um uh it's like an old school adventure game except for really funny and uh so it's kind of like Monkey Island except for without all of the ludicrous really difficult obtuse puzzles that no one really cares about it's basically just joke after joke after joke of this game that's set in like victorian london where there's you know um and it's all like uh, there's a lot of like double entendre and uh kind of very dark humor so one of the people that you meet is called lord arthwipe <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so and like there's a there, you find out that there's a murderer who's going around Victorian London killing everyone and he's called Jeff the murderer and you have to figure out who Jeff the murderer is uh it's great it's really really good um and so they're doing a second episode at the moment um and I love the first one so I was just like here take please just take my money I want to see this next one oh my goodness battle princess madeline i'm looking at it now and it looks it looks rather amazing. It looks and amazing. it's coming out on PlayStation 4. As part of a limited run. Yeah. So, like, uh, limited run games makes, like, like well, limited runs of physical games that would never normally get physical releases. Yeah. Uh, I've got a few of those, and they're genuinely brilliant. Um, and so, yeah, as part of, like, one of the tiers, it was like, back it on PS4, and we'll give you a copy of the get a physical copy of the game. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Just, I'll have five then. I'll Thank have five of those. Thanks. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to take this onion as well. Yeah, I, think I just left it somewhere, but it is potentially mine. It is mine. I backed. Which I mean, okay. I mean, have you? When you see the big dog, I mean, when you see the big dog, it's like, like say, like Gloomhaven. I mean, people can't escape oh, this yeah. big cloud of Gloomhaven that's yeah. been floating about the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's massive. And it's just huge isn't it yeah yeah absolutely i mean i mean so um i'm so gloomhaven's done ridiculously well so far like yeah 
up to almost three million dollars of pledges and there's still yeah. like a few days left um and you do look at it and you think to yourself like do you do you need all this money but like like uh, uh, the other side of it it's like well good on you like this is this is really cool like if 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 like the direct to consumer model is perfect like if you can say i want to make this cool thing and this is what you're going to get and this is when you're going to get it and this is how much it's going to cost but i've yeah. not made it yet uh no. please give me the money no but on the other side of it he was like i made this last year and then i made it so well and so hard that i didn't have enough money to print it again because let's face it yeah. how many kickstarters are going to go to reprint yeah you know out there there's there's there are you know there will be there will be people that in 15 20 years time and even mm. longer will be looking back at folks collections and going i you can't get that kind yeah. of anywhere else that yeah. only yeah. exists within that short time scale of maybe yeah. 18 months and you're never ever going to get that again yeah so i think um I think the original uptake was surprising. I think it surprised him. I think he's going back and saying, well, listen, if I want a reprint, then this is how, how much it's going to be. I Speaking to a lot of Kickstarter guys, I think that there's a situation where, yes, of course you can invest the money that you get, and you're going to invest it back into the business. But, I mean, with that amount of money, that's an awful lot of game that's going out as well. And you've yeah. got to wonder about how much of that is going to get eaten up in shipping costs and stuff like that as well, because it's a big box. Oh, I mean, oh I've... my word! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm... we. Sorry, go. No, no. I was, you know, I know. I was, I was just going to say, I've seen, you know, people. Um, I've seen people threatening kind of um, large animals with Gloomhaven boxes, you know, mm, bison yeah. and stuff. Like that <laughs> yeah, well. absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah, the odd elephant. I mean, th- I mean the. You're absolutely right, um, and figuring out how to turn a profit with Kickstarter, as in we will make money off of every single one that we sell, uh, is a skill in and of itself, um, and it's it's really difficult. Speaking as somebody who has shipped a game on Kickstarter, like, did a successful Kickstarter with, with Elections... Hmm. Uh, and then had to ship those things across the world. Like we prepared, we planned. I mean, we're I mean we're a professional game studio where we've got the time to do this. Um, you know, to think how much is shipping to Guam? Because <laughs> because it's possible that somebody from Guam will buy one. Yeah, you know? I know. So you've got the option then to go uh, as a big professional game studio to go. Okay, we're going to figure this out and we're we're going to make sure that this is all okay. You do read about some of these. Um, Kickstarter projects where everything's just gone completely wrong because it's it's one person in his you know in his or her bedroom um, going I've got this great idea for a game and it's got a billion different miniatures in it and it's got all this sort of stuff and it's a tenor and you know it's succeeded and then suddenly they're in quite a lot of uh, trouble because they haven't gone, well, how much is it to ship it? How much is it to actually make these out of plastic? How many times am I going to have to get reprints from the printers because something goes wrong? Yeah, getting you know, them shipped out. And then what I've oh. decided to do is I've I accidentally added in as a stretch goal if people paid me, 
you know, if people paid me £12.50 instead of a tenner, I would make sure that they are, they actually appeared as the game yeah. art in yeah. the game. Yeah. And I've seen I've seen that. Um, I've seen that. People fall for that. It's really huge. And, like, you know, there are situations where, and this is getting really boring, but, like, there are situations where if you make a certain amount of money from a project, so, first of all, you've got to pay tax on all this stuff, but if you earn over a certain amount of money from a project, you have to pay... I think you have to pay some additional tax levy or something like that, certainly here in the UK. Hmm. So let's say, for example, because you can't put a limit on Kickstarter, let's say you do a thing, a, a little pledge and you're like, I just need two grand because I'm going to make 40 copies of this game and it's going to be super, super niche and I need this amount of money. So I just need a couple of grand just to, to get it off the ground and to do it. If then you suddenly make a million now you have to pay this tax and now you've got an extra percentage out of your profits where you're no longer going to get that anymore and so now actually the cost per unit is higher than what you'd originally planned for so you could you can you can make you can literally be too successful like isn't that mad like i've i mean i've i, I think and there's not only that but um there's also the fear and expectation of people expecting to get something which is utterly manageable, utterly oh, yeah. magical. Yeah. When yeah, you yeah. have budgeted for the game that you promised. Oh yeah. Kind of all along. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've kind of said I have um, costed this out, and in order for me to deliver it to you, I need you to give me twenty-seven quid. Yeah. And then what will happen is off the back of that 27 quid, all of a sudden you get 3,200 people yeah. giving you 27 quid. And, they suddenly and then you're ending up... In, yeah, I mean, um, that's... I mean, that happened to um friend of the show, Kevin Young. He did Sweet. he did um, Legends Untold. Right. And his Kickstarter... This is his Kickstarter goal. He was just like, he's lovely lovely guy Kevin just delightful guy he says what do you want well it's a small game so I only need if I get 12 grand it's a card game so he basically costed it saying he went to the printers and said okay I need X number of cards I want to print them this on the side this is the artwork how much it will be and they came back and they obviously said X amount of money and he went that's fantastic if I add this all on then that gives me my maybe my total of 12 grand will allow X number of people to back me yeah. He ended up with, you know, 3,200 3, people backing him. And he ended up £129,000 coming into his Kickstarter campaign. Jeez. Which absolutely blew his mind. And that's him in a completely different situation. Of course. Of course. Yeah, and, and like, like the other thing of that is, like, what does that do to a designer? Like, I'm just going to make this cool little fun little game that I really want to make. And then suddenly you've made half a million dollars, hmm. and it's like oh, oh. And then as a, as and I found that with with designers, they when when designers have constraints, they do incredible work. They do their best work under under. Okay, here are the limitations with which hmm. you are working in. Because you know you give you you give somebody like three colors to work with, uh, and a piece of paper, and you go right, make me the Mona Lisa. And they'll make something absolutely incredible. If you give a designer a blank piece of paper and say, give me the Mona Lisa, 
then suddenly the, the scope becomes absolutely massive and you you know design goes uh design can become really really big and so when you've got a big successful project like this i bet it's really really tempting for a bunch of young develop uh, designers to go oh well i've made loads more money so i'm going to spend a bunch more time making this thing and, and then, then you have to remember you've got your deadline because you've said yeah you've put it in black and white and any change like oh i'm going to make these tokens plastic instead of card now yeah i've got like, to get a costing yeah so oh. it yeah is is um is is hard man kickstarter's become a, an industry in and of itself and it's really cool like really really cool um but it is yeah oh man it's tough it's tough no oh, i mean i've been speaking to frank frank west his city of kings campaign uh he's a bristol boy he is he's a bristol he is successful yes, bristol boy he is. Have you looked at his campaign? I have. He's got 843% funded at the moment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's, he's done very well. He's a friend of the show and he is an absolute diamond of a guy. He's not, you know, you, you speak to some people and you go, okay, um, let me speak to you before the campaign. Okay, let me speak to you just before the campaign. Let me speak yeah. to you in the middle of the campaign. Okay, yeah. let me catch up with you during the week. And he's just blown away by what he's had. And cool. he is, you know, um, and it's just amazing he's in the last kind of realm limits of his camp you know last kind of hours of his campaign before it kind of finishes up and he is delighted but he's you know i said to him is it not like having it's like having a child but having it condensed into 45 days instead of 25 years because <laughs> the stresses the ups yeah. and downs the lows the inability to sleep the yeah. having to deal with you know a thousand demands from a thousand different people so i think it's been it's been kind of um, it's been kind of entertaining and fun, <laughs> which is like speaking to you, which has been very entertaining and fun, and the time has flown past like nobody's business as well. Oh, um, it's been lovely. It's been lovely being on. It's just you know, next time we'll get. I don't know. I'm just gonna. I think I want to chase down Chris. Okay. Just because I think I would just say, right, Chris, you just say what just you want. Tell me stories. Just tell me stories. Just tell me stories. Just um. To ask him about um, when you see him next, uh, when you talk to him next, uh, ask him about the. Hmm, ask him about how he used to run up walls and backflip off of them. <laughs> just ask. Just ask him about that. Just ask him. I want to ask him about his eating habits at high school. Oh, everything. Just ask him about just everything. The whole, just any. Just, just as an open book. It's just like just, as long as we as long as we talk two minutes board game, it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fun. You, yeah, that, that's exactly. <laughs> you can, you can that's, caveat it with that. That's exactly how we handle things with staying in. We're like, yeah, we're about board games and games and stuff like that. It, mostly, yeah, it's yeah. about bread makers. Like, and, uh, and, uh, or you're talking about going to the Ziggurat, or you're talking about going yeah. up a hill, which wasn't staying in at all. <laughs> no, exactly. I know. We sort of yeah. Well, it was kind yeah. of like that was kind of breaking. That was kind of breaking about it. Or there was the was it the art and design graphic lesson that Alex gave? Oh, it was amazing, wasn't it? Over one. I mean, this is. I mean, okay. You know, you think. Um, I always wonder why people can continue to listen to us, but I have. I. This is a time to talk a little bit of sugar because staying in is. Is as Peter says. It's, 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 why don't you tell the good people what staying in is about? You've already mentioned it, but oh, go right. on. This is this is I your will, two minute. Give me your elevator. Well, it's not as good as We're Not Wizards, but uh, <sighs> it is a uh, it's a podcast about uh, a group of friends who like 
geeky things and they talk about them together and we that's like a really obvious idea for a podcast but the reason that it's different is we don't we just don't do anything formal it's it's the idea is it literally is meant to feel like you are pulling up a chair beside us as we all sip on a cup of tea and yep. chat about the things that we love and we also don't talk about we we kind of just try, kind of try to avoid talking about things that we don't like. Like there's a lot of podcasts out there that are very good at like bashing stuff. Like we talk about stuff where we're like we really like this and uh, yeah, which is cool. So we cover comics and comics and movies. I don't understand anything about movies, but um, board games, <laughs> video games, uh, and then we also talk about like our general day to day life. And there is a really if you get the chance to download it, this next one you're going to absolutely love. This next one, Dan has a beautiful piece of news and you're gonna you're gonna absolutely love it it's uh no it's really really cool so um, i still get i still get triggered with guilt when you see his name at the moment i'm kind of moving on a little bit but you yeah, know yeah yeah somebody somebody said to me this morning oh it's a bit cold there's a little bit of frost outside oh, and you are, <laughs> yeah just racked with guilt and um, <laughs> I just did an entire episode of it. Oh my god, you're just bringing it up. You know? Well, well, this this will be this this uh, this will be a, a nice little story because he's uh, yes he's um, he's had some really wonderful news recently. So cool, it's, it's that's good. So, where can people find staying in? Uh, people can find us on uh, go to iTunes and type in staying in. Uh, don't go to the one that's next to staying in. Our one is like one with a little pot of coffee. There's yes. another one which is about like I don't know. It looks like a political show. I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, there's also another show called Staying in Love. I've tried to give that a go. I didn't really get it. Mm. Um, you can also find us on stayingin.podbean.com. You can find us on Staying in Pod on Twitter. You can find us on. I mean, we're on YouTube. We're on Stitcher. We're, we're basically anywhere that you can get a podcast. You can get us there. You just need to type in Staying. That's fantastic. In. And whereabouts do you live and breathe on the interwebs? On the interwebs, I'm on at 000, spelt with an audio-friendly X. So X-E-R-O, X-E-R-O, X-E-R-O. Um, you can find me on there. I think I'm on Facebook. I don't really use Facebook. Which is why which is why was the title of the show. You yeah. see? Then yeah. the people will go, all right, now we realise you you, made, you, you exactly. made us wait until the entire end of the show yeah, so we that. can understand what the title was all about. And it was, I think it was not worth the wait. But there we go. Like you can, I mean, well, you've you, always got to leave them kind of exactly, waiting, you know, wanting some wanting more, ex- kind of getting them excited, and then I think ultimately what we aim to do on We're Not Wizards is to get people really excited and then utterly disappoint them within the <laughs> last two minutes of, <laughs> at the end of the show, perfect, which perfect. Uh, you know, um, and and we're, I don't know if we're managing that. Uh, we still haven't managed it with when we have wonderful guests like yourself. Well, can I just say, can I just say, I know you're always really lovely to all of your guests, and I just want to say, uh, we genuinely do love the, do uh, do love Winner Wizards, and we we are ashamed by the fact that you put out work so consistently and with such fantastic guests <laughs> so regularly, and so we yeah we we are genuinely always thrilled to to come and hang out with you guys, and the fact that you like it uh, like what we're doing as well is just yeah yeah it's just it's really lovely. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, a little love uh, yeah. fest that we've got oh, going on. Hugs, and little stuff. hugs. Oh, it's all oh, good. It's a little it's hug. <laughs> Get your hands off that. Oh, oh okay. Oh. Careful. I didn't realise. Oh, sorry, so my box got in the way. <laughs> um, now, if you want to keep an eye on what we are doing, and we still have this is, we're launching an official investigation um, into why people still listen to us. We have no idea why. Mm-hmm. You can um, you can find us on. Um, 
We've got our website, we'renotwizards.com. We have got our Facebook, which is We're Not Wizards. We have got our Twitter, which is We're Not Wizards. You can email us, magic at we'renotwizards.com or .co.uk. You can find us on iTunes if you search for We're Not Wizards. Um, we don't have one of those fancy URL things, but I don't think anyone does. Um, URL things? Yeah, the shortened kind of... You get them on YouTube once you had 100 subscribers or something. Uh, just, yeah. I just don't think they do that for iTunes. I think, I think I, iTunes kind of leave you out think, there in the I cold. Think just, I think we're just too cool. Yeah. I think we're just a bit too rebellious. I think so. For the man. But if you have listened tonight and you have liked um, 50% of what you've heard, <laughs> then then what to do is to remember to give us a little rating on iTunes. And as we say, don't give us a 10, because that'll make our heads too big. Mm. But don't give us a 1, because no. that'll make us cry. Yeah. So remember, if it's 50% that you like and that 50% is Peter, then give us a 5. Yeah, yeah, 5. Because we're average. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely average. Um, but um, I think until the next time, it is a goodbye from the man of the hour, Mr. Wonderful, Fantastic Peter Willington. Oh, you're making me blush. Thank you so much for having me on. Yee! And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes. Get some sound bites as well, where you get like a cup, <laughs> and you get like an Obi Wan Kenobi lightsaber. Yeah, that's it. Nice. That's nice. That's it. And nice. Or a kettle clicking off. That'll do it. That'll be fantastic. But until next time, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>